When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and I know Maddie Ballon would be absolutely riveted by this. Morning, Maddie. Hey, hey boys. On. Very well, thanks, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, have you got a spare jet hanging around, you Broncos? <laughs> Get you over to the boat. What, sorry? You got a spare jet? Yeah, that's right, out at Archerfield. Uh, now, mate, we'll get, we'll get to the serious stuff in a minute, but uh, tell me the buzz amongst the boys because I was uh, at the evening with Tom Brady. The entire Broncos squad, it seems, was there. We've all seen the video of Reese Walsh catching the, uh, the pass from Brady. Uh, tell me there's not a bit of a buzz around Red Hill after that on, Friday, on Sunday night at uh, the RNA Convention Centre. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Pat. There was um, like the boys going in there were like, well, I was like a little school kid. I remember just coming back and, and watching the Broncos as a kid. So um, all the players were, were pretty, um, I'd say, nervous and um, just about meeting a, a, a player of his, you know, his caliber. Like he's, they call him the goat for no, you know, for a good reason. He won seven championships and um, obviously at the top of his game for twenty plus years. Um, a lot of the boys have idolised him growing up, and I, I know I've certainly watched him playing NFL for the Patriots um, and then the Bucks. Um, so it was just, it was really fantastic just to listen to um, his story. And we'll talk about it a bit later, I guess, but just how simple it was, but how effective it was for him and, and how he just stuck to a plan and it was um, put in some really good results. Was Kevy there? No. <clears throat> no, oh. Kev wasn't there. I think, I think Kev was away for the weekend, but, um, but uh, I was there. Um, a few of the other staff were there. Um, and, and basically all the players. So um, it was a really I, good turnout. I just thought Kevy might have been able to sort of ask, you know, how, how did you do your seventh, mate? I, I'm on six. Uh, and, and what, what's involved? Yeah, it would, have been, it would have been good to get a photo of Kev with his six rings and then Tom with his seven, eight. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Like, six for the team. But um, Kev often reminds us that he's won six. So uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty funny moment and a, and a special moment for us too. Hey, Matty, one of the things he did say, though, and I'm talking about Tom Brady here, was that, you know, he tended to learn more from the losses, and we know you guys have gone through a heartbreaking loss at the end of last season. He tended to learn more from the losses than he did from the seven Super Bowl wins. Yeah, I think, I think a, a, you know, a winner like Tom Brady and, 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 and obviously a champion like him, they learn more from those parts of the game. So... He um he obviously won seven, but you know it was really interesting just listening to the mindset of someone like that. You know, I think another saying he said is, "Which one's your favourite ring?" And he says the next one. So he's just so driven and so motivated by you know by that failure. I think a lot of the the great players have a real fear of, of failing, and they have a fear of not delivering. You know what they say they're going to deliver, and, and that was obviously championships for him. So for for me as a, as a coach, you know, like you said, we lost the grand final last year. Um, I think we've learned so much as a club, not just individuals as a club going forward and, and what to do in 2024 off the back of that 23 loss. You know, we're up by 16 points and and now being through that experience, you know, you just sort of think, well, we'll probably do things a little bit differently now. Mm. How powerful is it as well for a senior player and a winner like Brady to be so interested in keeping everyone together and the camaraderie levels in the team? Yeah, pretty pretty cool. He was like, um, I think it's pretty commonly known to that he, he took pay caps to stay at the Patriots. Um, you know, he wanted to win. He wanted to play under Bill Belichick, who's obviously a fantastic coach. Um, so it's a it's a real good example for all our players to to, to realise that money's probably not the the be all and the end all. It's important. Obviously, you have to live and look after your family and and all those things. But you know, winning's a big part of the game, and, and obviously camaraderie and. Um, you know, getting a really good side together and, and feeling like you're in a, the right environment and the right environment to grow and, and to get better as a player and, and as a teammate. Yeah, well said, mate. Well said. Now, you know, we look at on the on the, the outside, Flegler, Farnworth, Palisier, Capewell, all gone. What's the feeling? How, how do you fill giant holes like that? Yeah, well, you probably can't. You know, like like you said, those those players are excellent players and they've been, you know, great 
young Broncos for a long time, and the club will miss them, um, both per- personally and, and then you know with just the, the playing roster on the field. Um, what we have done is you know we've 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 got some players that are coming in that you know like Fletcher Baker who are extremely you know talented players, and mm-hmm. you know Fletcher Baker has been really really impressive coming from that Rooster system and. He's been injured a little bit and he's come back in just the last couple of weeks and just his effort part of the games, like he's diving on loose balls here and there. He's chasing okay. and scrambling to stop tries. So that's a that's a big part of our game. We've talked about, you know, effort areas and not doing everything really flashy, just doing the hard work first and earning the right to play football. So, um, you know, you know, he's come in. Um, we've got young Jaden Hunt from the um, from the Dragons who um, has a real point to prove. You know, he's come from there and worked really hard. He's a, he's a, he's a really good defensive player, which is what we highlight. Um, we've got young Jordan um, Jordan Ricky who's cemented his place um, in first grade, and then we've got Brendan Piacura who who's you know going to have a big year for himself yeah. coming through this year. So there's a, there's a lot of Broncos coming through that have, have got a really lot of ability. But you know they, those guys are hard to replace. The Flegler's, the Farnworth, um, you know Keenan. They're, they're, they're big players. They're good players, and part of our game is they move on sometimes. Mm. Does it look like it's settling on Cobo in the centres and and Oates uh, on the wing? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think um, Cobo um, is he was at left centre when growing up, you know, in Sherberg yeah. and. And some younger younger grades um, in reserve grade, I think that's a really good position for Selwyn. He stays in the game a little bit more than on the wing. Um, uh, I know that he'll get a lot of lot of footy out on the left there, and, and even just some early water. Selwyn is just hard. He's hard to handle, and, and obviously Oates, you know, resume speaks for itself. But Queensland and played in a lot of big games. Um, you know, he's so good for us out of the backfield, and um, he's got a real point to prove as well. So uh, there's a lot of good players. You know, then D Marin is also there too. Yes. So, um, we've got got a lot of lot of depth, and um, but, but it's all about working hard at the moment for Kevin and making sure we pick the right side. What about your area of expertise, mate? Walters, Moser, Pikes, <laughs> Smoothie. What are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We're, we're pretty we're pretty blessed in that hooker position. So we we do some small groups sometimes, and the hookers is often the largest group of small groups. So <laughs> <laughs> we get in there and we we pass the footies to each other. We've got six of us that pass around. And you know, the young guy Cam Bukowski is coming through the ranks as well. So. Um, yeah, those guys are, uh, are learning off each other. You know, Billy's had a really good year last year. Um, and then Tyson obviously came in and Pakesy's there as well. So, um, and young Blakey Moser did, did a really good apprenticeship at, at South and he's, you know, got a lot of improvement in his game too. So I think we're, we're blessed in that position. Um, where, where Kev goes with that, I'll, I'll leave it up to him, but we'll, we'll give him some advice close to the time. But we're really blessed at the hooker position and, um, you know, I'm sure those guys are going to work hard and compete for the for the position. Is he blown up, Billy? I mean, is he getting into the old man's ear and say, "Dad, what are you doing to me? You, you picked four pickers, four hookers in the joint." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's um, him and him and um, him and Kev often have little uh, little little spats at each other in the video. And Kev says, oh, "Buddy, buddy, Billy, missing tackles again or something like that." <laughs> But um, no, they got a really good relationship, and um, I think Billy's just happy to be there at the moment. Uh, how hot has it been, mate? <laughs> oh, sticky, sticky heels. Oh. The sun comes out, and then the, then the rain comes, and the moisture comes in, and the humidity gets up. So we'll, we'll definitely have our heat training sorted by um, by the end of February. That's for sure. When we play up in the Kai, and um, then over in over in Vegas, so we'll be we'll be definitely prepared for that. Um, but yeah, the boys, the, the fellas are trained really well. There's been no complaining. It's just been getting out there and. And getting into the uh, getting into the hard work, so yeah. it's been really good so far. And do you modify your sessions? And and has there has there been? And how do you modify those? Whether they be ball work and keep it short and sharp, and any blow ups where the quality yeah. wasn't good enough? And let's do it again, boys. Um, yeah, sometimes yeah. There's there's been some some sessions where we probably haven't um, completed as as well as we could. Um, and we just talk about the start of the year completing high and you know getting in that arm wrestle. So. Um, that's probably you know something we've, we we had a really good field session over the weekend where we completed a lot better. Um, and as far as the session goes, yeah, if the, um, Kev usually says if the boys compete hard, then we'll we'll cut the time back. And um, we're obviously just smart with that. Like we don't want to you know don't want to hurt anyone and don't want to lose any players for heat exhaustion at this stage of the year. Yeah. That's crazy doing that sort of stuff. So we just pull the sessions back a little bit when it's really hot, um, and and that sort of works well with our program. I know the front office handle this, mate, but the likes of Mam and Walsh, you know, they're two of the most in-demand players in, in the NRL, aren't they? Do you get the sense that they want to be long-term at Red Hill? 
Yeah, I do. I do. I, I speak to to young Ezra a fair bit, and um, he's obviously a young young man coming through, and he talks about the passion in playing for the Broncos jersey and watching him as a young fella. Um, so I, I think that Ezra really wants to stay here. I think it's best for his development as a person and a player that he stays here. You know, and I know everyone at the club feels the same way. Um, I think Walshie just just seeing how he played last year, um, he he looks happy and comfortable, and you know he's around his daughter here in Brisbane. Um, so I think I think when players are playing really well, there's a lot of things going right on the field, and there's a lot of things going right off the field as well. Um, so that that's a big part of of you know Ezra's Ezra's life and and Reese's life. So I think they've got a lot of good things happening at the moment in, in balance for their life, and, and that reflects with their their playing ability on the field and how they how they're going as mm. people. So what's Reese done with the ball that Brady signed for him? I don't know. He was he was he was walking out of the bus saying he was auctioning it off on the bus like five ten k or something. And I, think just, I think he's just putting it in the box and um and taking it home. So yeah. I, I wouldn't. I would I'd definitely not be getting rid of that one. That's a something, he, something you should have in other generations. He was yeah. a big chance of signing it and giving it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the confidence of these young blokes these days, heels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they've got yeah, a bit of swagger. But I've got to say, though, mate, uh, you know. Part of the team was sitting very close to me, and they, they sat there riveted the, the whole way through. Uh, Brady's man. I, personally, I would have liked you know Tom to talk more about the Belichicks and the Gronkowskis and stuff like that. But the, the sort of messages he was delivering to younger footballers, I think, was fantastic. And I, I, you know, I just saw the Broncos kids. You know, they were looking you know with stars in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Pat. I 100% agree. I think just the one, the one that really touched base with me, and I think the simplicity of his message was really good. He just said, you know, how much complaining he was putting in when he wasn't getting reps, and um, you know, the psychologist said, well, why don't you just put in the best effort for those three reps, and 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 don't worry about the complaining, and then see how you go. And I think you know the the, the results from there. He said, you know, I get five reps, and then six reps, and then all of a sudden he was getting every rep and. And he's an NFL quarterback, so it's a real good message for for our fellows and for anyone in life, really. Yeah, good, good stuff, Matty. As usual, we we love having you on the show, and I know we'll uh, we'll chat more as the season unfolds. But uh, yeah, look, it's it's getting closer, mate. It's it's getting exciting, isn't it? Vegas is not all that far away. No, Vegas is only a couple of weeks away. We, we've got a pretty packed schedule too. We got you know the Wynnum in a couple of weeks, and then. Um, Cowboys at Mackay, and then um, a, a group goes down to Manly and plays down there, which is exciting. They haven't played at Manly before, and then Vegas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great preseason for us, and we're all pretty excited to club about it. All right, mate. But really appreciate your time. Matty Ballin joining us. Thanks, Matty. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Hill. See you, boys. Um, very, very keen to get this young lady on the show today, Hills, after an unbelievable weekend. Uh, four mm-hmm. winners up there on the sunny coast. CJ Graham, uh, good morning to you. Not the first time we've had you on the show, but uh, boy, oh boy, you're going beautifully at the moment. Congratulations on the weekend. Hello, good morning. Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, it was a just a fantastic day. I couldn't have imagined it to go that way. Um, it was just unreal. And, and the good thing, CJ, is that you've ridden the four winners for four different trainers, which means you're in demand. The, the trainers around Brisbane and South East Queensland are trusting you. Yeah, it was um, great to be given those opportunities and I was pretty confident going there. I had a really good book of rides. Um, yeah, I had a ride in, in every race. I was only scratched out of one. Um, so to even just go there with a with a full book was uh, a big thing in itself and to salute on four of them. And like you said, for four different trainers and trainers that have supported me a lot and continuously have since um, moving this way, uh, yeah, it, could, it could not have been more fitting. Mm. And the moves worked well for you? Um you know, so, so much easier lifestyle, I'd imagine. Yeah, I just, I, I love it so much. It's without a doubt the best thing I've ever done. And yeah, I just yeah. hope I can keep keep ticking along. And hopefully, um, you know, when I make that transition, when I come out of my time, I can keep kicking goals here. Uh, just to remind our listeners of your story. I mean, you were basically commuting, weren't you, from Port Macquarie, which is the, the best part of five hours, isn't it? Yeah, I was. I was doing that drive probably twice a week. Um, yeah, and it was. A, I don't know how I done it now, but I guess at the time I knew it was what I had to do to make my mark here and to to get myself in somewhere here. Um, and I, yeah, I'm glad I did. Oh, it's an unbelievable story. Um, and and now you must have so much more spare time. But I bet you don't. <laughs> uh, in a in a sense, um, still. Uh, work, you know, go to track work every day. Um, but it's nice, you know, your days off are 
are your, your you know your days off and you've got all day to to do as you please but um yeah definitely still working very hard but it's a it's a great lifestyle up here and um yeah there's always something to do that's for sure how does a young jockey fill in the the spare time because we know you have you know very early mornings you have quite a few race days but what are, what are the hobbies for CJ Grove um I'm pretty laid back really um I've got a couple of couple of dogs so on my days off I um I like to take them for a bit of a bit of a walk around and um yeah pretty pretty quiet really nice like to go for a nice lunch here and there um but usually um you know finding some job to do around the house yeah, okay there's <laughs> always work to be done um no problem so like a, a lot of female jocks that no problems with weight and and all that sort of stuff you can live like a normal person yes no i'm very lucky um i walk around about 51 51 and a half kilos. Um, Yeah, I'm very, very naturally light. So it's a big advantage, um, you know, when when I can ride those lightweights and I can claim off the lightweights as well. Now, to use the old cliche, you've got to make the hay while the, the sun shines at the moment, even though we're not seeing a lot of sunshine in the southeast. But uh, your your main rival for this apprenticeship title is uh, Bailey Wheeler, who's out suspended at the moment, uh, Annabelle uh, Nisham just enforcing a little bit of tough love on Bailey. So uh, while you'd be feeling for him, uh, it's a, it's a chance to extend your lead, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a shame, but um, Bailey's a really good rider, and I'm sure he'll um he'll bounce back when when he is allowed back. Um, but like you said, while he is out, um, while he's out, and when he is back, I just got to keep my head down and um and work really hard. And yeah, what what will be will be. And CJ. Uh, there's. I've read something about maybe extending your apprenticeship. Is that still on the cards? Yeah, so I'm just going through the process um, to get my apprenticeship extended. Um, I have had a lot of injury time, so just going through the through the process of um, um, checking that all out, and hopefully there is some more injury time there that I can have added on. It'd be be nice to be. Um, given the chance to ride a, a full season. Well, you've got to sort of ride a treble, haven't you? That's, you need a bit more time to get a treble in because your quartet has skipped <laughs> straight over it. <laughs> yes, that's right. It would it would be nice to um, have another day half as good as that, that's for sure. <laughs> it was it was brilliant the other day. It really was. Hey, we know you've also, like a lot of jockeys, you've had your battle with injuries, so it hasn't been easy getting to this point in your career, has it? No, it hasn't at all, but I guess that... Um, probably just makes it that bit better, um, you know, to to think that it wasn't that long ago I was, you know, off sitting on the lounge, injured, just wishing to be back to to moving here and just hoping to ride a couple of winners with, with some of my claim to let alone riding four in one day. It's um it's incredible really to think, you know, how far you can come in, in such a short time and just probably just makes me more more grateful than anything, you know. Um, the good times definitely outweigh all the bad. Mm. What about Dad? Has he had any thoughts of coming from Port Macquarie to Brisbane as well? No, he's um he's got a really nice setup there in Port Macquarie. He trains out of his property at home. Um, they've got quite a few horses there, and you now he's pretty pretty well based there in Port Macquarie. But they do um, get up this way and, and visit me as much as they can. But um, he's he's very busy. Got a dual license, and he actually rode a winner yesterday at Tungkurri. So he's um he's doing really well. Yeah, it's and a talented family. Are you still riding his way? Because I loved it when you sort of said, "Oh, Dad, fi- I finally worked out that I was to be a jockey," and he said, "Right, well, you better do it right, my way." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I think um I don't think there'd be anyone prouder than um than Mum and Dad. That's for sure. Ah, that's yeah, and you're doing brilliant stuff. And look, as I said, you know the, the the big feather in the cap is that four winners at the weekend, but for four different trainers. So they're loving having you on. They're loving, obviously, the decisions you're making on board these animals that travel you know sixty k's and all that sort of thing. So you know it's a uh, it's an exhilarating sport, and you're uh, you're riding high at the moment. Thank you. Yeah, um, like I always said, you you never stop learning, and there's still plenty of things to work on, but um. Yeah, just while I'm getting the opportunities, we'll, we'll make the most of them, that's for sure. Good stuff. Wonderful ambassador for the sport. CJ, thank you for joining us this morning. Good luck tomorrow, CJ. No worries. Thank, thank you very much, guys. Special guest on the show now, uh, whose life, I would imagine, is a hell of a lot easier since she made this decision to come back to the Firebirds. Tip and Dwan, a very good morning to you. 
Hey guys, how are you going? Uh, we're very well. Sorry for arguing while you were waiting on the line there, but uh, <laughs> the sort of stuff I have to put up with every day. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, your life has become uh, quite a little uh, more easy, hasn't it? Um, oh, I would say it's very good to be home. Um, I love it up in Queensland, so yeah. So it's good to be around family and friends and have that support outside of netball, which is nice. Yes, because because you're in our pathway system all along. Have you been a? Are you a genuine Queenslander? Yeah, I'm from Brizzy, so grew up yeah. um, in town and went through all the pathways growing up um, underage. So yeah, good to be back in the system. What took you to the Thunderbirds? So the last two years you've been in Adelaide. Um, was it just a contract opportunity? Yeah, pretty much. It was more, um, you know, I was an up-and-coming um, younger athlete and just wanted, you know, to get an opportunity somewhere else um, to try and get a bit more court time. But, you know, it paid off. We won a premiership. Ooh, yeah. So it was pretty good while I was down there. Loved it. And we, we know that your partner is Josh Dunkley. Tell us how hard that was to conduct, you know, the in inverted commas, the old long-distance relationship. Yeah, it definitely was tricky, but um, both being, you know, professional athletes, we really helped each other, you know, get through those hard times and we made sure that we tried to see each other as much as possible too. So um, we're together now, which makes it a lot easier. Um, we can see each other every day, which is nice. Well, I was just going to ask you, you know, you, you're wishing you're still at the Thunderbirds maybe. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, now back teammates with Lara Dunkley, Josh's sister, who's who's re-signed with the Firebirds for two years. How how are things feeling in the Firebirds camp? Yeah, it's definitely um, good to be back, especially with Lars. Um, we always have fun playing together. Um, but the vibe right now is great. You know, we're in week four, I think, of pre-season and it's all good vibes. So, we're ready to, you know, get our fitness back up, which is already happening, and um, ready to hit the court for a few games soon. So that'll be the fun part. Yeah. Hey, Tim, just a, an update on, on your skipper, Kim Ravanian. I mean, spinal surgery pre-Christmas, I mean, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, she had a bit of soreness at the back of um, last year, so she just got it checked, and um, surgery was the best thing for her to get back and ready for um the season so she's tracking really well um you can see her when she's out on um, in the gym and doing her rehab she's really determined to get back so she's doing so well we're all proud of her do you know what that surgery was was it a disc type thing or some sort of joint in the spine um i can't be exact i think it was a disc um sort of situation yeah she's looking good though um, and yeah. what what about you and Lara? You say you you know you love playing together. You're both mid quarters. Will you probably play up the court a bit more forward than mid court, or are there a chance of you being together on court? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we played together in 2020 and 2021, so she'll probably be in that wing attack position. Um, and Emily Moore or I will be in that goal attack position. Okay. So, yeah, we'll be on the line together, hopefully, which will be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us an insight to, you know, two pro athletes uh, who are, are in a relationship. I mean, is there is there a bit of competitiveness there? <laughs> and I mean, just talk me through that. It, it fascinates me. It really does because you're both, you know, super high achievers. <laughs> um, yeah, we're definitely very competitive, you know, doing day-to-day things. But um, when it comes to our sport, we're really there just to support each other, you know, Um I was lucky enough to win a premiership. Josh lost a premiership. So I think that's where it gets, you know, where we have to be supportive of each other. We're happy. We go through the waves together. So, yeah, that's where we really, like, hone in. But we're definitely competitive in little things in life as well, which is a bit funny. But, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Are they? Who are wins? They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it changes from time to time. Depends what we're good at, you know. Yeah. How are they? How's their optimism levels at going one better? Yeah, I think um, just talking to Josh, um, they've started their preseason really well, and I think you know it's hard to lose a premiership, but they're up and ready to go. It sounds like he's definitely determined to get back and to the granny and um, win one for the Lions. So mm. yeah, I'm sure they'll be back there. He's been so good for us and uh, a brilliant signing. Well, um, you've really broadened your experience now, haven't you? Like uh, with a premiership in in a different program. Are there really strong comparisons as to how the Firebirds run things to the Thunderbirds? 
Um, yeah, there's definitely similarities. Um, I think every netball team would have those. But um, I think, you know, hopefully I can bring some of that um, mm. experience and um, bring that into the Firebirds. We haven't been in finals for a few years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's our first goal to make finals and then go from there. So, yeah, I'm sure we can do it. We're, you know, building really strong connections right now, which it's, is a good sign. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah, and you've got someone like Danelle Wallum who's who's recommitted, uh, second highest score in the league last season. Um, she's part of this diamond setup. Boy, you'd be sitting back and having a look at this diamond. They're just untouchable at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing very well. We're very proud of the girls, especially Nelly. Um, yeah, she's a guy, and I can't wait to um, get in the circle with her and, um, build those connections too. We did a little bit at the back of last year, but um, yeah, she's, I'm just really excited to play with her. She's so exciting on court. Yeah, oh, she yeah. does miss, eh? Hey? <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> what about the Diamonds? Uh, is is that a, a hard area to get into? Uh, like very much like the baggy green in cricket. It's, it's sort of very difficult to crack into. Is that the case in netball? Yeah, definitely. You know, they're the number one team in the world. Um, and there's, you know, not many spots. And even in Suncorp Super Netball, there's only 80 spots um, to fill. But, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get into a camp with them the end of last year. So mm-hmm. it's great to be in the environment um, and really get a taste for it. So it just makes you hungrier, which hopefully, you know, one day I can crack into that squad as well. And a few of the other Firebirds girls too. And as well as pro sport, you're still studying? Yeah, yep, starting business at QUT, so we'll start up the semester soon, which will be fun, trying to juggle that, but yeah, it's good. Good stuff. All right, hey, great to chat, and I know uh, you've got a big, uh, there's a big fan day, I think, isn't there, at uh, Westfield, Mount Cravat and Chermside from 10 o'clock and then 1 o'clock uh, this Saturday, so all the Firebirds fans, come down, meet the players, uh, grab some goodies and a bit of merch uh, as we head into the uh, the 2024 season, where your first match, it's a little while away first comp match uh, in April, but you're up against the T-Birds, aren't you, in the first one? There'll be a little bit. There'll be a few yeah, texts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there'll be a few bumps on court too, all fun and games. But, yeah, I'm really keen to get on court and play against them. It'll be fun. All right. Welcome mm. home and uh, enjoy. We'll be following uh, the Firebirds with plenty of interest this year. Tipper Dwan, thank you. Thanks, Tipper. Thank you. Thank you. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Oh, I haven't quite finished it, Paddy, but anyway, we're here. We just missed out. I'm just going to analyse um, the Ben Folks stumping attempt in India as the match was getting very tight, um, just like the Lord's Test of Australia where Alex Carey stumped uh, Johnny Besto. So we just missed England being plunged into hypocrisy or not at the end of their magnificent test victory in Hyderabad. Uh, the well-performing wicketkeeper Ben folks whipped the bales off after a missed pull shot of Jasper Boomerah as a uh, off off a spinner. So after playing the shot and completing it, uh, Boomerah rearranged his feet, uh, which folks thought was his chance to pounce. He whipped the bales off. It was ruled not out, which took all sorts of pressure off. I reckon Ben Stokes, for example, was the one quoted as saying, "You know, would I like to win a test?" Um, having done that, uh, think talking about the Australians, mm. uh, my answer is no. Well, here was his chance, and Brendan McCullum saying that is unfair, and now he's in. He would have been in the spotlight, and Ben Folks himself did he call? Would he call um, Boomerah back if it was in in fact out? He was just just landed his feet. He just played the shot, um, then. Just did a quick of a rebalancing jump sort of thing and landed back in his crease and folks was pouncing on him. So so I just wonder what what the English cricket world uh, would have felt about that. Uh, but was it sportsmanship, uh, sportsmanlike or not? Uh, and what they think Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum, Ben folks uh, would have would have done and what they could have done if it was given out. Is it is it out? And would they recall it? And I wonder what Piers Morgan was thinking that, that should have happened. But as it turned out, they won without it. So they, well, it was not out. It was ruled not out. He failed with the stumping attempt. Well, he? I reckon if his feet were in the air, they would have given him out. Uh, yeah. And I mean, they'd appealed for it and all that sort of thing. And the uh, the, the, the umpire said, yeah, let's review it. Mm. Uh, they had about four of those reviews in the space of 10 minutes mm. the other night I was watching them, you know, for stumpings. 
But the fact that he tried it is a are the, is the cricket world happy with that? Yeah. You know, having having put up with all their their comments and uh, vitriol against Australia and Alex Carey in particular, and the captain Pat Cummins last year for not withdrawing and, and accepting the umpire's decision. Um, you know, are, are English fans and cricket fans happy with what was attempted and what? might have happened if uh, it was given out, if his foot was just still in the air a little bit. Yeah, well, as it's turned out, it's a non-issue now, but I agree with you. I, I mm. watched it and I thought, hello, there, you know, mm. there's, a little bit of, there's a little bit of lords around this, isn't there? Oh. Well, <laughs> I, well, at least, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he didn't have time to sort of look at, you know, and check, the, is it okay for me to rearrange my feet? It was just done mm. and folks was onto it. But, it, you know, that's all best I had to do, just check in with the keeper who'd just caught the ball and, and he would have seen that he was throwing it anyway. But the keeper would give you the nod and you're right to go down and talk to your partner. Yeah. But, what do you uh, think? Yeah. Um, Reuben Cotter, a very good morning to you and congratulations, mate. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. G'day, Rich. <laughs> uh, and, mate, you're looking in good shape. I, I've seen the the photos of you blokes in the gym. How's pre-season been for you, fellas? Uh, yeah, it's been a hot one this year. Oh. Uh, you know, the few weeks uh, back post-Christmas has been pretty intense, but, uh, you know, the next next couple of weeks uh, leading into trials, we'll sort of, um, you know, back off a bit and let the boys recover and, um, yeah, we're all we're all just hanging out for round one, really. Yeah, okay. So, have there been any runs up that hill, mate? Was it Castle Hill up there? Yeah, uh, you know, before Chrissy, there was a couple of trips up there, but uh, you know, I haven't had any after Christmas. We've had a a little army camp uh, last weekend, um, and yeah, just heaps of training. Okay. It's nice to have an army presence in your town, isn't it? And they and they do keep the town bubbling along, but they're very close, so that those camps can be organised <laughs> yeah. a bit too easily. Yeah, yeah, conveniently close. We were, we went to go to Tully, uh, and then the cyclone obviously hit. Uh, uh, yeah. But no worries because there's a, there's the barracks just just around the corner, so we ended up having the, uh, the barracks. Yes. Hey, now. Now, Reuben, um, the noise in the background indicates that over the last 12 months there's been a few changes in your life. Baby, wedding, yeah. rep footy, and now co-captaincy. It's been a – what a 12 months for you it's been. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great great few months. Um, yeah, obviously we're excited uh, to be having another another little child now. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's, there's plenty been happening and uh, it hasn't slowed down for me at all, so. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. This is after, and we read your story after such a slow start, mate, wasn't it? I mean, those knee injuries early in your career, you, you must have hit a, a really low patch at one stage in those early days. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd never had any major injuries uh, prior to that first knee, and uh, that sort of hit me a bit differently. I, I didn't really know, uh, you know, where I, where I was going from there, and um, I just I was lucky. I had the support of my wife and and the club behind me uh, during that time, and you know they gave me a lot of perspective, and I just uh, you know tried to stay tried to stay committed and um, you know keep as busy as I could be, um, and you know thankfully now it's all sort of paying off for me, and um, yeah, yeah, it's been you've been fantastic, mate. You've really emerge quickly. When you're a junior footballer or youth footballer, did you have the official captain behind your name at all? Uh, not, not really. I, I think I might have represented, I think I might have been a captain uh, for uh, a 16s Queensland side. Yes. Um, that was quite a while ago now. Uh, but other than that, yeah, not really. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Ruben, how, how has this happened? Just, just talk us through. Obviously, um, you know, coach has decided that he wants that younger look. He wants to go for the future, and he's decided you and Tom will will take over from Jason and Chad. Has it been seamless this transition? Um, yeah, yeah, it has been. Uh, you know, he's sort of he's given us an opportunity to um, you know learn off those guys this year, which I think is great um, for for both me and Tom. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're still young in our in our football careers and. Um, still plenty to learn in that leadership role. So, um, you know, giving us this year to, you know, pick the brains and 
uh, learn on the go, if you like, uh, has been, you know, it's been a, a good change. And, um, you know, that those guys have been nothing but helpful ever since um, he announced it to the team. And, um, yeah, they've been great. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, mate. Can you explain to us and our listeners, you know, the extra workload areas that a captain has to take on? Yeah, obviously I'm still I'm still sort of learning the role, um, uh, but it's sort of just you know choosing choosing when to when to speak and you know it's how you say things and um, yeah it's just obviously you got um, a lot more eyes looking at you now and uh, you know I don't I don't feel you know feel my role changing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a sort of advice I've got from a few people. Um, you know, and Matt Scott and uh, even, you know, Toddy as well. He said they just sort of, you know, told us that, you know, you're, you're there uh, because we see something that you've been doing over the last few years and we've got the confidence in you to, you know, lead um, as you've been doing. So um, you don't really have to change too much. Um, but, yeah, as I've said, just, you know, choosing when to speak and, you know, it's how you deliver things to the team and, um, you know, just helping out where you can. Yeah, yeah. That, that's excellent advice because you, you obviously see things naturally. You, you are a player that does have a, an eye on others, not just yourself, and, and then you will speak. Um, so it is a natural thing that they've identified in, in you both. So it should really work well. Yeah. 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 We're looking, we're both looking forward to it. We're pretty excited. Um, uh, yeah. Both of us, you know, Proud North Queenslanders, so uh, yeah, that's going to be a pretty cool experience over the next sort of couple of years. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and, you know, you're the 2023 Wally Lewis medalist, so you're a do as I do sort of player anyway. Hey, you, you've you've bought from within, haven't you? I see seven players from the Cowboys Pathways program have been elevated. Um, you know, and it's always tough for someone like you who leads the team to single out. But is there some of these kids that we should be looking at, Ruben? You know, for for next year, who might surprise us? Yeah, yeah. There's a few few guys there uh, that have had great preseasons, and uh, Tommy Chester's one of them. Uh, he had a, a knee injury early on last year, yeah. Um, but he's he's a he's a young fella to watch out for. He's he's just um, you know. He's not the biggest bloke, but he's got some ticker and, um, you know, throw him out in any position on the field and, you know, he'll do his job. Um, you know, he's an exciting one to look forward to. Uh, and then, you know, we've got a few up-and-coming uh, pack players that are, um, you know, still young, but, uh, yeah, they're certainly, they're certainly uh, training well and, um, yeah. Keep uh, making it harder for, for everyone else, you know, making it competitive, which is what you want. <laughs> it was only two years you were doing that, mate, <laughs> two years ago. Um, I, I'm interested in uh, the, the attack coach, mate. James Maloney has signed with you for two years to run the attack. That, that means backs and forwards attack, the full team's attack, and how's it feeling? Yeah, yeah, you know, he's great. Uh, he adds a, a different dynamic to the coaching staff. He's, you know, he's the more casual and, Sort of, uh, you know, joker of the of the group, and you know we love him uh, up here, and you know, obviously he's he's been at the, played at the top level uh, for, yep. for many years, and um, uh, he just, yeah, obviously he brings a different way to look at the game, and um, yeah, he's helped us a lot already this this year, and and how we look at the game, and um, you know, controlling the game, and he's been great for our halves, I know. Tommy did and uh, has enjoyed having him around. I bet. Yeah, um, and as I said, yeah, he's just a, he's a bit of a joker, so it's good. Hey, hey obviously, the, you know the the role of every team at this time of the year is make it to finals. We know it was a tough year for you guys last year after that stellar twenty twenty two. Internally, what are the expectations? Uh, expectations, uh, you know, to turn up and and do your job and. Um, you know, it starts at training, uh, you know, away from training as well, you know, what you're doing recovery-wise and, um, you know, eating the right food. We tried to break it down this year and, and just, you know, focus on the next, you know, couple of weeks, what's in front of us, our week of training, what it looks like, the, the few days before our post sessions that we normally have on Saturdays. Um, you know, not try and look too far ahead, obviously. Um, you know, we want to be there come the end of the year, but... Um, 
you know, it starts with our weekly actions and that's sort of something we've been trying to drive, uh, you know, this preseason. Mm. And before you yeah. know it, mate, you're in the grand final. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I hope so. Yeah, uh, it sounds like your uh, your life is uh, very busy at the moment. We really appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, we just wanted to give you a call and say congratulations on uh, the elevation to co-captaincy. And we know uh, you'll be a, a wonderful leader up there. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been pretty busy, but um, you know, enjoying every moment. We're just about to go drop uh, my little little girl to her first day at daycare, so. Unreal. I'm excited for that. Ah, good Unreal. stuff. Oh, all right, Thanks, mate. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks, Thanks Ruben. Yeah, <laughs> always great fun to catch up, mate. Our 2023 Wally Lewis medal with Ruben Cotter. And, of course, just been announced, uh, along with Tommy Dearden, as the uh, new co-captains of the Cowboys. Now, have been talking right the way through the morning about championship finals yesterday in the NFL. We've got our Super Bowl protagonists, 49ers and the Chiefs, and Jason Anderson, not for the first time on this show, uh, is joining us from Kansas City Sports Radio, and obviously from Kansas City Sports Radio as a Mad Chiefs fan. Jason, a very good morning to you, <laughs> and to you guys as well. We appreciate it, man. It's been a it's been a fun uh, twenty four hours or so. Now they weren't supposed to get this far this year, <laughs> were they? No, no, they weren't. I mean, that's been the big talk around here that this was such a down year for this team. I mean, they lost two of four, one two of four or two of six, I should say, they went two and four over six game stretch and they had really struggled. And the one thing that they had been able to rely on throughout the season has been how good their defense has been, but the offense has really struggled. Patrick Mahomes isn't in the top five of MVP voting for the you know first time in his career, essentially. And so it, it was a season in which you thought they might just be one and done in the playoffs and something at the end of the season, you know, they lost to the Raiders on Christmas day and it was pretty embarrassing. And a number of guys last night after the game was over said that, you know, they looked back to that time and it was sort of look in the mirror from organizational from the top to the bottom and kind of just uh, assess everything, take stock of the situation and uh, started from, uh, from scratch at that point, essentially back to the drawing board. And they have been really good since then. They haven't lost a game. And the last two weeks, according to uh, some of the advanced analytics, the last two weeks have been their two best games of the season. And they came at the perfect time. Well, and how do they match up? I think they played four years ago in the Super Bowl. Uh, how, how do they match they up? They did, yeah. Um, I think it's a good matchup for the Chiefs. I mean, the one thing is, you know, I've caught a lot of flack around here the last uh, day or so <laughs> because I picked the Ravens to win. <laughs> I, the, uh, I picked the Ravens winning 26-24 because I think the Ravens were the best team in the, in the league this year. And um, I think they have a better roster than the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and he's the best player in the world. And uh, that was the big difference in the game, and the Chiefs' defense is really good as well. Um, I think it's an interesting matchup. You know, the Chiefs' defense has been so good all year, and to see what they did against the number one offense in the Ravens and just limit them to, you know, uh, 10 points in the game and only three points in the second half. And, you know, the the touchdown they got in the first half was kind of a, a crazy play where Lamar Jackson ran around and escaped a couple of tackles and then, threw the ball deep and they scored a touchdown. And so I think the matchup is interesting because the quarterback matchup is lopsided towards uh, the Kansas city chiefs mm-hmm. and the defensive coordinator for the Kansas city chiefs is really good in Steve Spagnolo. And uh, this is the fifth time he's been a coach in the super bowl. And, and so I think the matchup is good for the chiefs from a defensive standpoint to slow down what the San Francisco 49ers do offensively. Then it would be a matter of can the chiefs offense can, can they do enough like they did against the Ravens to score, take a lead and sort of hold the team off at bay. And and I think they can, I, I do like the matchup and uh, I am done picking against the chiefs. <laughs> I did it last week and not going to do it again. That's for sure. Watching Patrick Mahomes and this team go out there and just look like the better team for four quarters. Yeah, it's not a good job prospect from where you you're at. Uh, hey, look, can you tell us, you know, from the other side of the globe, we're, we're, we're very keen observers uh, and the, just the level of professionalism about this, the NFL is just amazing. But tell us a little bit about Mahomes and just how tough he is. It's uh, it's amazing to watch him. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, and, you know, people can talk about, you know, the things that he does on the field. But, you know, the, the closest comparison that people have come up with is Jordan. Michael Jordan, well, when he played yeah, in the NBA, really? just that sort of refuse to lose sort of drag everybody up. You know, one of the, um, uh, one of the late writers around here was great with football and 
actually passed away four years ago yesterday, he called it an over-my-dead-body game for Patrick Mahomes. And would say, you know, he'd go out there and say, it's not happening. We would call it a bleep you game. (laughs) Sort of like bleep you. Uh, I'm going to win this game. And Eric Bieniemy, when he was the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, he called him a competitive prick. Um, <laughs> excuse my language, but uh, he said that's the the player that he is. He's just so ingrained that all he wants to do is win and beat you. That he's going to do whatever it takes. And the players around the uh, organization, around the facilities, the last couple of weeks, when the talk had been the Chiefs had never played a road game in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And they said just something about that week getting ready to go to Buffalo and play like Mahomes was different. Like he was locked in, like he just had this different feel, even in sort of the the walkthroughs, like he was throwing the ball as hard as he can. And everybody's like, dude, chill. I mean, (laughs) calm down. But he's just like uber focused. And I think that's what he's been these last couple of weeks, because when he's been doubted, he finds a way to come through and he uses so many different things as slights like Michael Jordan did. It's just amazing to watch him in this sort of refuse to lose uh, way. And I mean, he's started six years in the NFL and he will now play in his fourth Super Bowl in, uh, in six years as a starting quarterback. It's just, it's something I've never seen before. And, and the talent, you know, goes along with uh, what he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. If people want to argue greatest of all time, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, that's fine. I think he's the most talented and, and best quarterback I've ever seen play the game. Wow. With being such a big target too and still be able to perform like that. Well, what um you know that mm. de- defensive structure that that uh the defensive coach um created to halt uh, Lamar Jackson. Was that a big thing to do? Or would they have been working on yeah. that against the Ravens if it ever happened, if the clash ever happened, we're ready with this new play. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because they have. It's been a few years since they played the Ravens, mm. and they've played against Lamar Jackson. So now the Ravens have a new offensive coach, and so they have a different style, a different system, and how they play offense. But they have Lamar Jackson, like he's that same guy. So playing against him, you know, you know the speed, you know how quick he is, and you have an idea of some ways that you want to go up against him. And what the Chiefs wanted to do was send their front defensive players. And then just sort of create like a pocket for him, just rush and try to close it down like slowly, like a vice grip in the pocket and, and keep him in there and not allow little lanes for him to cut through and mm. run through and, and be in the open field. And they felt like if they did that and kept him in the pocket, their, uh, their, their defensive backs, their deep players would be able to guard their wide receivers and guard their guys that are their skill position players because the chiefs have the best secondary in the league, the best cornerbacks and safeties, They've got all pro players back there and it worked to perfection. Mm. The defensive line was able to squeeze Lamar Jackson. He stayed in the pocket a lot. He got sacked a few times. And when he threw deep, there was nobody open. And, and so it's one thing to have a plan. You have to have the players to go out and execute it. And, yeah. and that's, what's different about this Chiefs mm. team than, than the previous three that have played in the Super Bowl. is this is the best defense they've had by far. And, and you've got a really good defensive coach with a lot of really good players and he gets to go out and sort of pick and choose his scheme of, okay, let's do this here, let's do that there, and the players can go and execute. It's probably yeah. going to be a coach's dream to be able to have that, and, and that's what he has right now. And so the Chiefs with that defense and then Patrick Mahomes on the other side is just uh, – uh, it's been a killer combination in the, uh, in the last three weeks of the season to make it through the playoffs when they were underdogs the last two weeks to win, and they're underdogs in this game against the 49ers as well. So uh, we'll see if they can make it three in a row. All right. Well, we better talk about the really important stuff now. Travis Kelsey and Tay-Tay. Will Tay-Tay be there? And look, just talk, talk what, what happens in Kansas City about this whole romance that, is, that, that has got the world of sport fixated? It's the most surreal thing. Like, honestly, it's so crazy and surreal around here. Like we're in the Midwest, you know, Kansas city, it's a small town, you know, I mean, we don't have beaches or anything, you know, we don't, we're not New York or LA. Like we are not the, 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 the big spots where people go to, right. She's got a house in New York. She's got a house in Nashville and she's living in Kansas city with, uh, with Travis Kelsey. And it's like, you know, my wife uh, works at a high school and, and Travis Kelsey moved from one of his houses that he lived North of Kansas city and he moved towards uh, sort of the southern part a little bit. And then 
Taylor, you know, over Christmas break, you know, Tay Tay, she, she moved in with them, you know, when she was in between tours. And so over Christmas in December, like she was there and my wife's like, I'm a three minute walk from Taylor Swift (laughs) from my work. Like it's just, I mean, it's just so absurd for, for this to go on here in Kansas city. Like there's a lot of people like going, hold on. We've got the most famous football player in Patrick Mahomes. Now probably Travis Kelsey worldwide is probably more famous than Patrick Mahomes because of Taylor Swift. And the most famous pop star, and it's like right in our backyard. It's been, it's been unreal, and it's been interesting to see Travis Kelsey in town because Travis Kelsey would would go out, and people would see him like, oh, hey, there's Travis Kelsey. That's awesome. Now he can't go to a grocery store. <laughs> now if he goes to a grocery store, it's Travis Kelsey in Kansas, and it's like. Six months ago, the guy would walk through the grocery store and, and wave and, and, and say hi to a couple of people. Now you've got everybody stopping and videoing and trying to get autographs and taking pictures with them. And it's like, he's just trying to get some ice cream. <laughs> That's all, you know, he's, uh, and he can't even do that. It's been, it's been one of the craziest things we've seen. Well, his postseason form is back to its best. So it's working. Wait, what was behind all the aggression between them and the Ravens? Well, there was a lot of talk uh, leading up to it this week. The Ravens, I think, wanted to be a team that kind of bullied the Chiefs and felt like they were a more physical and tougher team. They were going to just be able to kind of push the Chiefs around. And the Chiefs are the defending champions. And um, they've got some guys. We talked about Mahomes and his competitive nature. Travis Kelsey has that same competitive nature. And uh, I think they went into it feeling a little slighted and feeling like, okay, you guys think you're going to bully us? Well, we're actually the ones that have been the bullies of the AFC the last five years. And and I think it showed in that experience of playing in big games because the Chiefs were able to play with an edge to get right up to the line and not go over the line to get penalties. Mm. And the Ravens played with an edge but couldn't stop when they got to the line. Yeah. And then picked up personal foul penalties, which helped the Chiefs. And I think part of that is that's the sixth straight game the Chiefs have played in a conference championship, or sixth straight year the Chiefs have played in a conference championship. They've been there, done that. They know the highs and lows. They know, you know, of the moment. And and I think at times the moment might have been a little bit too big for the Ravens. Maybe next year if they meet again, they might, you know, approach it a little bit differently. But yeah. the, the 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 Cincinnati Bengals last year, when the Chiefs played them in the AFC championship game, they took the same approach. They were going to talk some trash all week. They were going to try to let everybody know that they're actually the better team. And the Chiefs did the same thing to the Bengals last year. And the Ravens tried to take the same approach. I'm not sure why, Uh, but I'm I'm not one. My strategy the week leading up to playing Patrick Mahomes would not be to poke Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Or your big number 73. (laughs) He seemed to love it. (laughs) He he was all Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, he. He's a backup guard and he loves it, man. I mean, he's, he's a guy, you know, he, he stepped in for their, for their, one of the, you know, the best offensive line, one of the best guards in the NFL who uh, tore his peck last week against the bills. And so this guy, Allegretti, Nick Allegretti had to step in and, and we, 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 uh, we, we commented about his game. I said, uh, I feel like he's just sort of an AH. Like he just gets out. He just wants to be physical. Like he wants to <laughs> to hit you and throw you to the ground. Like which is great for an offensive lineman, right? I mean, you got to exactly have a brawler. Right. You got to have a mauler, right? The guy that's going to be in there, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to be really physical, and he was ready. He was like, "Okay, you guys yeah. want to be physical? Cool, let's do it, man. This is my game." Hey, Jason, great insight. Really appreciate your time from the states today from Kansas City Sports Radio. Jason Anderson joining us. Thank you, mate, for your time. Thanks, Jason. Hey, as I said, anytime, guys, give me a call.